Greetings. Welcome to Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. Our goal is to go beyond the reasoning of man to the revelation of God. We want far more than earthly wisdom. We want wisdom from above. We want to know the truth about life and death. We want to know the truth about meaning and morality. We want to know the truth about time and eternity. In order to discover these truths, we've been on a quest for a foundational worldview. We've been in a series called, What is So Special About the Bible? Today we want to ask a critical question. Is there any support for the inspiration and inerrancy of the scriptures that can be found outside of the Bible itself? And the answer is yes. There are three major areas of outside proof. Archaeology, prophecy, and history. First, archaeology. William F. Albright, this century's foremost Palestinian archaeologist, says, quote, Archaeology has confirmed the substantial historicity of the Old Testament. Nelson Glick famed Jewish archaeologist has said, and I quote, It may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. Wow, those are two very powerful quotes supporting the inspiration and inerrancy of the Scripture. What are some examples of archaeological discoveries that have supported the scripture. I'm going to mention four. The first is Solomon's wealth, as described in the Bible, was questioned by skeptics. But King Solomon's wealth and greatness was verified during an excavation near Megiddo from 1925 to 1934. The archaeologists discovered a metal refinery in Ezion Geber. They discovered chariot cities. They discovered stables, including a 400-stall stable. They discovered barracks for chariot battalions. All of this supported the greatness and the wealth of King Solomon. A second archaeological discovery was the very existence of King Sargon. He's not mentioned in any history outside of the Bible, and so naturally, skeptics decided that the Bible was wrong and that he never existed. But verification of the existence of King Sargon was overwhelmingly proven to be true during excavations at Mesopotamia, where archaeologists discovered Sargon's palace. And in that palace, they uncovered a large stone bowl weighing 40 tons. Pretty weighty evidence, I say. A third archaeological discovery was related to the existence of the Hittite civilization. Again, the Hittite civilization was not mentioned in any historical record outside of the Bible. And so it was questioned by skeptics. They said there was no Hittite civilization. 
But verification of the existence of the Hittites was conclusively proven in 1906 excavations in which they discovered the Hittite capital of Bogazkoi. And they also discovered thousands of Hittite texts, including the famous Hittite Code. A fourth uh, archaeological discovery is related to the very existence of King Belshazzar, who was not mentioned in any history outside of the Bible, and so consequently was questioned by skeptics and used as a proof that the Bible was wrong. However, verification of the existence of King Belshazzar was proven beyond all doubt during excavations in the Euphrates Valley in 1853. They found a cylinder with inscriptions naming two kings of Babylon during Daniel's lifetime, King Nabonidus and his son, King Belshazzar. So those are four of the many archaeological discoveries that proved the authority, the authenticity, the inspiration and inerrancy of the Scripture. A second proof that we can go to outside of the Bible for the inerrancy and inspiration of Scripture is prophecy. And specifically, we're talking about fulfilled prophecy. Dr. Maxwell S. Coder lists five principles behind genuine prophecies in the Scripture. First, proper timing. Second, specific details. Third, freedom from ambiguity. Fourth, exact fulfillment. And fifth, genuine date and authorship. Now, at this point, you might be asking, what are some prophecies that have supported Scripture? Well, I want to highlight the prophecies of Jesus Christ. There are actually over 60 major Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I'm going to take time to note nine predictions, nine prophecies from the Old Testament that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And I've selected these nine because they are predictions over which Jesus had no control. Number one, the place of his birth. Micah 5.2 predicts that he would be born in Bethlehem of Ephrata and it was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. The second is the manner of his birth. Isaiah 7.14 predicts that he would be born of a virgin and this is fulfilled in Luke 1, verses 26 to 35. Number three is the prediction of betrayal by a friend in Psalm 41, 9. This is fulfilled in Matthew 26, 15, when Jesus is betrayed by Judas. Number four, the reactions of the people. This is predicted in Isaiah 50 and verse 6, and Isaiah 53, in verse 5, where it is said that the Jesus Christ would be beaten, 
whipped, scourged, his beard torn out. And this is fulfilled in Matthew chapter 26. Number five is the piercing of his side, which is predicted in Zechariah 12 and verse 10, and then was fulfilled in John 19.34. Number six, his bones would not be broken, predicted in Psalm 34.20, and fulfilled in John 19, verse 33. Number seven is the casting of lots for his garments, predicted in Psalm 22.18, and fulfilled in John 19, verses 23 and 24. Number eight is the nature of his burial. Isaiah 53 and verse 9 predicts that Jesus Christ would make his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. And that is fulfilled in Matthew 27, 57 to 60. Number nine is his resurrection from the dead predicted in Psalm 16.10 and fulfilled in Matthew 28, verses 5 and 6. The likelihood of all of these prophecies being fulfilled in one person is 1 in 10 to the 32nd power, according to Professor Peter Stoner, a mathematician and scientist. The likelihood of 48 prophecies being fulfilled in one person, is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. And as I mentioned, there are over 60 major prophecies of the Messiah. This is clearly a God thing. Prophecy provides an incredibly powerful support for the inspiration of Scripture. The third area of support outside of Scripture that supports Scripture is history. And I want to look specifically at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is a third line of proof of the inspiration and veracity and inerrancy of Scripture from outside of Scripture. Countless men and women have investigated the resurrection of Jesus Christ, many of them with the specific purpose of disproving it. But thousands of them have found themselves face to face with the living Christ and the reality of the resurrection. C.S. Lewis wrote the book Mere Christianity, which gives us this trilemma. Jesus is either liar, or lunatic, or Lord. There is no other choice. Lewis is absolutely convinced Jesus is Lord, and Jesus rose from the dead. Josh McDowell wrote, Evidence that demands a verdict which is a compilation of evidences that the Bible is true, that Jesus is God, and that Jesus rose from the dead. Chief Justice of England, Lord Darby, said that we as Christians are asked to take a lot on faith. But the crux of the issue is this, was Jesus who we claim to be? And that depends on the resurrection. As for the resurrection, quote, there exists such overwhelming evidence factual and circumstantial, that no intelligent jury in the world could fail to bring in a verdict that the resurrection is true. End of quote. 
Frank Morrison, a lawyer, thought the resurrection was a happy fairy tale, ending an amazing life. He wanted to prove it false once and for all and write the story of Jesus, including his tragic death. But as he studied the historical documents, as he investigated the resurrection, the facts overwhelmed all of his doubts and questions. And he wrote a book entitled, Who Moved the Stone? And the first chapter was titled, The Book That Refused to Be Written. He couldn't write a book about Jesus having an amazing life and then just dying because he rose from the dead. Lee Strobel, a journalist, master of law at Yale Law School, and legal editor of the Chicago Tribune, invested two years of his life researching and trying to disprove the resurrection. But the facts overcame his doubts, and he wrote a book entitled The Case for Christ. The Bible says that there are many convincing proofs of the resurrection. That's in Acts 1.3. Some of those convincing proofs are included in an acrostic for He Arose. I'm going to just share those briefly. The H is He Was Dead, verified by executioners, Christ's enemies, and His friends. And the E is An Empty Tomb noted by women, by angels, by soldiers, and the disciples. So that's he. Then arose. A is appearances of Christ. He appeared to one, to two, to seven, to ten, to eleven, and to five hundred. R is reaction of the soldiers. Turning themselves in. Accepting bribes to lie. O is the outlook of the disciples, changing from running scared to standing firm. The resurrection completely transformed them. S is the start of the church. The resurrection was the motivation for its beginning, and it was the central message of its people. And then the E of arose is expected return. He must be alive because he is coming back. And he must be alive if he is coming back. The historical record, the Gospels, of a historical person, Jesus Christ, who lived in a historical country, Israel, and died on a historical cross, at Calvary, who physically rose from the dead and appeared to many, was historically witnessed, and they historically testified to his resurrection in historical records. This is a tremendously powerful evidence for the inspiration and inerrancy of the Scripture and the reality of our faith. You see, the Christian faith is not a leap in the dark. It is a step into the light. The Christian faith rests on facts, true facts, historical facts. The central fact that forms the foundation of the Christian faith is the life, 
death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible is the Word of God. It is inspired by God and can be trusted in the same way as if God himself were speaking directly to the individual reading the Scripture. It is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. I love Martin Luther's words entitled, God's Unchanging Word. Our feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God, not else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned for want of some sweet token, there is one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. I'll trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever. For though all things shall pass away, his word shall stand forever. Thank you for listening to this episode, this final episode of our first series, What's So Special About the Bible? This has been Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. I hope you'll be tuning in for our second series, Questions People Ask. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share with your friends and family. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other platforms. Additional apps can be added upon request. If you'd like to contact me, send an email to harlanbetts at icloud.com. That is H-A-R-L-A-N-B-E-T-Z at icloud.com. Or visit my Facebook page, Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. Thank you so much for your support.